0: You know, if you're going through a difficult time, man the fuck up and ask for help. So, you know, it's basically putting your big boy pants on because you can't, you can't play the victim card all the time in your life. And then people, some people will hate to hear that.
1: I'm Sonia Morton Firth and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today, my guest is Mark Llewellyn, ex-commando, best-selling author, and world record-breaking endurance athlete. Watch this interview as we discuss the snowflake generation, resilience, and how to man the fuck up. I believe health is the greatest form of wealth we have, which is why I'm so excited to be partnered with Brother in Arms. Brother in Arms is a wellness brand dedicated to working with veterans, first responders and anyone on the front line through their education support and premium cbd products they help alleviate and restore the lives of those that have been affected by physical and mental trauma learn about the life-changing benefits and power of cbd join their community today hit the link below
0: I'm an author of uh, 11 paperbacks, 13 ebooks, books um, and they're all on mental toughness. And I also host uh, an evening with Mark Bailey Billingham, which is uh, he's off a Channel Four SAS TV show, and we go around and he tells his story, and it's just fantastic. I left my I left school when I was 16. I had no qualifications. I didn't even go back for my qualifications
1: why didn't you go back i've been wanting to ask that (laughs) because i read that i was like you didn't go back for your qualifications because
0: i knew they weren't going to be good (laughs) (laughs) i think in my (laughs) mock exams i had like d's and stuff like that and i was like this isn't going the right way at all but you know i knew i was an academic like that anyway i messed around in school i'm not saying that's a great thing to do but that's just what that was my path and got out and i just thought you know what? My friends joined the army. I just joined the army. And that was it.
1: And what was your experience like in the military?
0: Um, yeah, so 16 years old, joined Junior Leaders Regiment Royal Artillery as a boy soldier. And um I was just super, super unfit. Um, I failed my basic army fitness test. It's a one and a half mile run. You're supposed to do it in ten and a half minutes, and I came in at 10 minutes 53. And I hated it. Hated running. Uh, didn't like physical exercise at all. And and I was voted fattest person in the troop. And uh, you know, going on from that, then I just thought, you know, one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna be someone special or specialish. Do you know what I mean? Or I'll achieve more than what you think I can achieve.
1: But you've actually turned out to be an endurance athlete. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the challenges that you've done?
0: Yeah, so I I uh after two nine commando I came out, I was a bodyguard, lived in Park Lane, London for a short time. Then I became a personal fitness trainer. And then I was just fascinated in people who were the people who fascinated me the most were the ultra distance runners. I was like, oh my God, how can someone run fifty miles or a hundred miles or beyond that sort of thing? And it just Go on.
1: I was going to say, had you got a level of fitness, though, in the army? Oh, yeah, it? I was... Yeah. I was.
0: As a commando, you are a lot fitter than the average person, but this was taking it to a whole new level outside of any army uh, courses. So I just thought, that's, that's what I want to do. This is the ultimate in fitness and mental toughness uh, combined is ultra-distance running. So... um Basically, I remember reading about a guy called Ray Mountsey, and he was doing a run in Death Valley. It was like a, it was 200 miles, I think, and it was 20 miles a day. He was in his 50s, and uh, he, he had a very poorly son. And I was reading about him in the Daily Mail, and then I found out his address. I sent him a check uh, to support his cause, and then I said to him, ''Have you got a support driver?'' to go out to Death Valley in California? And he said, no. He said, are you interested? And I said, yes. So I said, I'll pay for everything. So I got my credit card out. <laughs> I just put everything on the credit card. And I was like, out I went then. We, we landed in Los Angeles and went out to Death Valley. Uh, and this is not no disrespect to Ray or anybody, you know. But th- when you get close to the people, you're like, I think I could do it you know i'm not saying i'm better than you right now or but i think i could do something similar so then the next year i decided to go for an organized event which is the marathon Saab. it's like a, i think it's about 135 miles over 6 days 7 days you get but you can do it in 6 days uh in the sahara desert there it was it was incredible but um i wanted to do a run that uh, was my own design and like Ray had done, he designed his own Death Valley run. It was an organised event, and then I think it was the year, yeah, it was the year two thousand. Uh, I did a one thousand six hundred and twenty mile run from Denver to um, San Francisco. So that was Denver, and then on to Aspen because I'd watched Dumb and Dumber, and I was like, I want to go, I want to go there. It looks like a really cool place. <laughs> and then, but I just mapped out places that were just, like, cool. I was like, Monument Valley, I want to see it. I want to see Grand Canyon. I want to go down to Phoenix, Arizona. I want to go to um, San Diego, go then up to L.A., and then uh, finish off on the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and, and that's what I did. Basically, I'd run ag- against a gal called Rory Coleman, in the Marathon de Sable, and he held a lot of world records on the treadmill, and um, I thought, I think I can beat you 100k treadmill world records, and not saying I'm amazing or nothing, but, and uh, and then I'd done a 50 miles, uh, sorry, a 50k test on it, and I thought, I can definitely do it, and then you know, I was interviewed about it and I said, I can definitely, I can definitely break this 100K treadmill world record. And then, and then fortunately um, broke that and then had a long lull of not, I, I was still training, but no ultra. And then in 2014, someone said to me, Mark, you got to go on, have you heard of Strava? And I was like, I, no, what is it? And they said, it's like a GPS app. you got to go on it. It's brilliant app. And, uh, I decided to go on it one night and it said like, I think it was a 5k, uh, challenge. There was a 10k challenge or something like that. How fast you can do it. And I was like, oh, I'm not into that, not into that. And then there was another one. How far can you run basically in a month? And I thought I'll go for that. I hadn't trained for it, but I thought, I wonder if I can come in the top. Is it 1%? It's 40,000 runners. I wanted to come in the top 400, so I don't know if my math is way off there. (laughs) might be. But if I could come in the top 400, I'd be real chuffed without properly training. And uh, to cut a long story short, I came first to that. And then I was injured for three weeks. And then the the January rolled around to 2015. And I thought, let's go for another run and see if I can come in the top 10 in in 2015 on the Strava uh, Endurance Challenge. And... I was fortunate enough to come first again, uh, 51,000 people.
1: So what were all these challenges trying to, or what did you learn about yourself doing all these challenges? It's just a stupid thing to do. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do the next stupid thing. No, I think it was just,
0: I, I, I was just fascinated in, in pushing the, the human mind. And even though I had done this and can't come first and, I broke this wreck and stuff. There are ultra runners out there, and I say it in my book, The Underdog, that far beyond me. There's a guy, Giannis Kuros, who I mentioned to you while we're off camera. You know, he he had he'd run a thousand mile in eleven days and he would run seven marathons in twenty four hours. And I was just always fascinated about these people that, that could do that. And I had read a lot of books on psychology, personal development, and and I just thought, well If I can come from failing a one and a half mile run to becoming quite good at running, everyone can pull themselves up.
1: Do you think you were trying to prove something to yourself?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I was just, I was just felt that I was destined to do nothing in life, really. I could be like, my mum killed herself, my granddad killed himself, my other granddad, not the one that was in the war. Um, My granddad's brother killed himself, my dad's cousin killed himself. If you live your life like that, I'm a victim because this happened to me two years ago. This happened to me six months ago. Do you know what? This happens to most of us. At the end of the day, and this is, it sounds real harsh, but at some point, most of us are going to have financial challenges. Most of us are going to have relationship breakups. All of us are going to have deaths in the family, which is arguably the worst, you know? Um, and so to, to go through life then, say, in, oh, you know, this has happened to me, so my life's screwed for the rest of my life, well, join the other seven billion people. They lose their shit, even with the title. They're like, oh, you can't say that. And I'm like, well, if you read the book, you know, I'm not saying that if you've just... If your mother or father has just died, or if you know, or, or whoever's died, I'm not saying you're not going to go up to someone and say, "Just man the fuck up and get on with it," because life's not like that, you know. I, I'll, I've cried over certain situations uh, that have happened to me in my past, and sometimes, you know, if you're going through a difficult time, man the fuck up and ask for help. So you know, it's basically putting your big boy pants on, because you can't you can't play the victim card. All the time in your life, and then people some people will hate to hear that it's like you know and that's what I loved about two nine commando It was basically you there's there's the standard. you you just you you go for it if if you're not good enough, then you just sort of cast out and and that's that's that sounds harsh in in this day and age, but
1: um we have this name of the snowflake generation
0: yeah, sure
1: how do you think that and man the fuck up are going going together.
0: I think with the the whole snowflake thing, it's like frig. There's there's two sides to it, right? I think there's the side that it are things easier today than they were twenty in the seventies and eighties, yeah. But I grew up as a seventeen say seventies and eighties child, but my mum had it tougher than me. In the, the '50s, and then my grandfather was in the war, and then every generation you go back, it, it was tougher overall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But we're all going to go through our own different challenges. However, the whole I know the whole generation, you can't even though things are easier today in many ways, in most ways, let's face it, we live in a phenomenal country. We live in an awesome country but the other thing the generation thing is not everybody is there's a lot of really really tough people coming through now
1: what do you think makes the difference between how you brought up say your son and we talk about mick and liam um and a lot of um young men now maybe not young men or um slightly older but maybe aren't as resilient? Is, the, is the resilience, is that the, the thing that's missing?
0: Yeah, but you can, I think you can gain resilience. Resilience can be gained if you surround yourself with the right people. It's very hard to be mentally weak when you're around a lot of strong individuals. And like I said, there's been times when I've been, everybody's weak. Mentally, at some stages in their life i I remember just crying on the bed years ago because everything had gone wrong in my life um, but then you're trying to claw yourself back up, and I clawed myself up back up through reading personal development books and telling myself that I could make it through this self talk what you say to yourself makes a massive difference, but the generations as well I mean my parents never hugged me and never told me they loved me. And it was just, as far as I was concerned, that was just old school ni- <laughs> 1970s, 1980s. It is.
1: It's so funny you say that. Because <laughs> I said it to my mum the other day on yeah. the phone, love you mum, and she went, I might not say it to you, Sonia, but I love you too. But yeah. what is it? Everyone keeps saying that to me now, lately. Yeah. And this is my mum saying this to I me. I never
0: felt less loved. I.
1: But we never said it to each I never, never. said it. Not when I was young. Don't
0: with Leon my 11 year old son I'm I hug him I kiss him, I love you I love all all of the time but you know at the end of the day you've got you've got you've got to define your own self in this world you can't just whatever comes at you from the outside whether it's from media whether it's from people telling you uh, you can't do it you're not worthy of this you're not worthy of that you just be like do you know what I am if you can do it if he can do it if she can do it if cross-genders or whoever can do it, you know what I mean? I'm going to do it.
1: So you've mentioned a couple of, of tools that you use to pull yourself out of that state when you are in that, you know, in the uh, state when you're low. Yeah. Uh, and, and you mentioned self-help books. Mm. Is there any particular books that you can mention? Or all any of other... my books, they're phenomenal. All, all <laughs> of your books?
0: <laughs> I tell you the two, probably the two ones that stand out in my mind, um... That I had read were Shad Helmstetter, "What You Say When You Talk to Yourself," and um, that's just a just a fantastic book. Zig Ziglow is another great motivational speaker. A lot of his books, Brian Tracy, fantastic, um, and possibly the most powerful book of all time for not I not not kind of self help it'll help you get through this world is uh, how to win friends and influence people which may s- some people will be watching this interview saying thinking you need to read that book again <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a very clever book and even though i might some of the titles might come over abrupt and i'm this real h- hard sort of nose person i'm not really i'm not really like that i'm very thoughtful and i care about people but if you're in a hole, right, and everything's going wrong for you, I can't jump in that hole with you. I've got, I can pull you out of the hole, you know, I can put my arm around and say, you, you come out. I was talking to someone recently, uh, this lady, she earns several hundred thousand pounds a year, but this isn't right in her life, 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 and she just kept on going and going on about this, and I was like, do you know what? You need to really think about what you're saying here, because over three billion people on the planet earn less than two dollars fifty a day, and you're telling me on a couple of hundred thousand pounds a year, and uh, you, your life is terrible, your health is fantastic, your fitness is fantastic, you're beautiful, you're slim, you, your income is pretty good. Do you know what I mean? And and sometimes people just the they just tear themselves down. But so I tell, I try to tell people that it's not that bad. Now, I'm not saying, right, if someone's got like a terminal illness, I'm not going to say, do you know what? It's not that bad. You know, so there's, it's not like man of, do you know what I mean? I've had a friend that's just, you know lost a child i'm not going to turn around to no, him and do you know not. do you i yeah, no, 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 absolutely, i'd, I'd absolutely. be devastated i'd be crying my eyes out but you know and and when i lost my grandfather and my um my dad's my uncle who who had brought me up and, and 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 this sort of stuff it was like it's just very hurtful and it's it's just a horrible time in your life um but if you get around the right people if you feed your mind with the right information if you tell yourself that you are, you know, you are confident, you are a champion, you are a winner. Now, initially, when I started saying that to myself, it's all bullshit. You can feel like a fraud. I mean, I was running when I before I had failed my one and a half mile run in the army. I um, I was doing one mile runs up this place called the Broadhaven Road in Halford West, where I used to live. And I was like, I'm a good runner. I'm a good runner one mile and it was just it was just above walking pace i'm i'm a good runner i'm a great runner and and then i used to visualize myself running with like back in the day it would be Seb- sebastian Coe, okay. or now it'd be um you know mo Farrell or um uh kip Chogi who just come under the two hour rep. i, I Total bullshit. I was in my mind, and I'm nowhere near as good as them guys are running. Do you know what I mean? But I would just tell myself this. I would be playing this video in my mind about how how good I am. And although I never could reach their sort of heights, I became a little bit better myself. So I did that through... It was positive self-talk, basically. I mean, there's a guy, David Goggins, who is... um, He's an ex-Navy SEAL. He just, he wrote a fantastic book um, called you, you Can't Hurt Me, I think it's called. Something like, oh, Can't Hurt Me. And again, that's very much, it's a bit too harsh for some people. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, that's where we come from. We live in a harsh world. It can be really brutal sometimes. And if you're not tough, you just pack your, well, you know, it's just pack your bags and go home. You know, I'm not going to sit there and, and let everyone say how terrible things are when there's a lot of good things in, in the world, you know, and what you, what you focus on is just be, going to become your reality. So if you're focusing on everything bad in your life, things are going to get worse. And sorry, but they, they are, you know, focus on the good things in your life, be grateful, they're going to get better.
1: Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday, so hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.